This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith. And now, your host, Kyle Yeomans. Today is Wednesday, May 3rd, and we are officially a week after the 2023 NFL Draft in Kansas City. Welcome into the Draft Show as we wrap things up and tie a bow on the Draft Class in 2023. We have got Brian Prada, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back. Everybody, have you recovered yet from Draft Weekend? Yes. Yes, you have? Yes. That's good. Yes. When did it? When did it hit that you recovered? Like, uh, like ten minutes ago? Yesterday. Yesterday was, was the first it day. It was yesterday for me when I was like, freedom. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, yes. Like when I when I looked and I started prepping for today, and I had to look at like eight players just to review them and stuff, and then start touching on the undrafted free agents, and and it wasn't like twenty players. It hit me that it was over. <laughs> y'all like y'all know it's my first one so this is you know just getting the hang of the feel of draft and once it starts there's no stopping no so you know you know how much more we have to be locked into this because we're providing information it is a change of pace mentally to kind of come down so i am yesterday was i was like oh this isn't oh, okay i don't it's not that bad. <laughs> it's a little, I was a little sad, you know, now that, that it just comes crashing down. It's like yeah, all of a sudden, boom, true. it's over. We're grinding. We're watching three to five players a night. And then all of a sudden, Monday rolls around. Brian, I don't I don't have anybody to go home and watch. This is kind of a weird feeling. Yeah, it's uh, there is a draft next year, Walchuk. So should I, just, should I just start <laughs> now? Year. Yeah, that would be my you know, I'm going to start today. Caleb Williams tonight. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that and uh, – because I was talking with Dane Brugler, and I go, uh, he was we're just kind of talking about his mock draft and stuff like that. And he I go, when do you start back up again? He goes, June 1st. Yeah. So he starts back wow. up. He takes really the month of May off and then starts back up the, the whole process all over again on June 1st. Yeah, well. So, but he does that. That's, that's what he does for a living. Yes. That's what you have to do. But, yeah, it's a little bit like the NFL season. And especially when you get into the playoffs in the NFL season. And then all of a sudden, it's you're playing, you lose the game, and then all of a sudden, it's green trash bag day. Yeah. You know, you're in the locker room cleaning out all your stuff, and you're kind of like going, okay. But that's the great thing about it is, like uh, like Beamer says, they'll let you do it again next year. Okay. And uh, so there'll be a whole new list of players. The, the exciting thing for me always is watching the NFL season – and seeing the guys that we watched and talked about have success or not have success. And it's funny how the fans will remind you of that. You know, oh, hey, that Eric Scott, you were right about Eric Scott. I, I see what you see, you know. And so you're like, oh, okay, that worked out. And then when if Mozzie Smith doesn't do anything, then they remind you that Mozzie Smith didn't yeah. do anything. Yep. It's kind of a kind of a accountability, a, kind of accountability thing for sure. Yeah, any of the, your your top one hundred, oh pretty sure, much because we talked about the majority of the top one hundred. Now, of course, we can't get to every prospect that's ever been picked, but I, I feel pretty good about the draft class, and, and we hit a lot of these guys: Mozzie Smith, first round, yeah. second round; Luke Schoonmaker, Demarvion Overshone in the third round; Viliami Fahoko Jr. in the fourth. 
Awesome Richards, which I, just a better name than Amazing. what we were calling him initially. Awesome Richards in the fifth round. Then Eric Scott, Deuce Vaughn, what a moment. I still yeah. can't get over that moment. And then Jalen Brooks in the seventh round. So there's your there's your draft class for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. What you got? No, nah, it's just the Eric Scott pick is so interesting. Like, And they also, you know, obviously they went up to get him. Yeah. And so I'm just looking at him. This whole time when we were going through the process, some of the guys I was looking at, I kept putting, like, C.J. Goodwin replacement next to them. Mm. This guy might be it. This guy might be the gun. This guy might be your ace moving mm-hmm. forward, like, looking at him play. But I just – he was the most interesting pick at all of them uh, to me. Even Jalen Brooks. Like, I was just like, dang, they went up to get this guy. They must feel sure about what he could be. For yeah, team. I mean, they took what was a fifth comp pick next year yeah. is what it's going to end up Basically, being. Basically, yeah. And yeah. then you turn around and, and you, you go and get him at the top of the sixth round. I They had their eyes on him from the get-go, Brian. I mean, it was yeah. very early on. We heard of his name at the Combine. We heard his name from 30 visits. And then, of course, when they went up and got him, the, it was already kind of on the radar. Why does he fit the mold for Will McClay in this team? He's six one. He's two oh four. He can play zone. He could play. You know, he 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 plays a lot of zone. You know, he plays the field corner. When you play the field corner, that tells me you cover ground. And when you cover ground, that means you could play outside, where you potentially could play in the slot. He's super competitive. He likes to tackle. He's around the ball. He's a finisher. You know, that that, that was one of those ones that I appreciate that I got late. That somebody said. Oh wait, thirty visit Dallas need to need to take a look at this guy, because that that seems to be where Dallas and that those thirty visits. If it's not a player that might be that guy that we've been talking about all year, or was a, not a combine guy or something like that, you know that's that's where Eric Scott kind of fits in. But to me, you're talking about a super super competitive player, and where he came from to where he is right now. He's an extremely hungry player, and I think that's a, that's a that's a that's something that especially late in the draft, and the fact that they used a, a, a next year's pick to go get him. Nobody else got the next year pick treatment, you know. I mean, sure. right. Mozzie Smith, Schoonmaker, mm-hmm. Overshone, none of those guys got the next year pick. They wanted this kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they were fearful that somebody and and it's funny because I know on my board he was like two oh four. But Dane didn't have him in his he, – he, he had him in his stack, but he didn't have him in his write-ups. The bios. In the bios. Yeah. And then Daniel Jeremiah didn't have him in his 150. And both those guys, I think, do a hell of a job evaluating these players. But th- this, is, this might be the, the, one, the one where that they, they did their work and their due diligence and figured out that, man, we can't pass on a guy like this. Well, and fans kind of freaked out, like, oh, he only ran a 4.71 with the 40. That's not accurate. You know, he was dealing with an injury at the time. He re-ran it. We've heard reports on he ran a much better 40 time. And all you got to do is turn on the tape. You watch him, the explosiveness that he plays with. You're absolutely right, Brian. The word competitive is what stands out with this guy. Because it's it's at all avenues of the corner spot, right? There's so many corners that we watched in this class. You can tell the ones that want no business is sticking their head in there and and tackling a little bit. You know, throwing their body around. This guy diagnoses a run play. He's flying in there. He will tackle. He will thump you, but I love the way he competes and plays the ball in the air. You know, some guys, 
They, they just don't have the feel for timing the jump, right? He's a guy that can play the ball. He's not necessarily playing the receiver all the time. He's always making it a contested, challenged catch when the ball's in the air. They definitely did their homework, and I think they might have found a steal here late in the draft. The, if you talk to them, they'll tell you this is their Deron Bland. Yep. This yep. is That's what they'll tell you. <laughs> wow. they, they will say, yep. they go... Because afterwards, I had a chance to visit with a couple of guys and just to say congratulations. And they said that, that Eric Scott, don't sleep on him. He goes, that's going to be our Deron Bland. Wow. And we all saw what Deron Bland did last Oof. year. It's high praise because yeah. so he is important. a savage. So important. Like, it's so crazy because I don't – I try not to measure a corner by how they come up and tackle. I try not to do that so frequently just because uh, they shouldn't be having to do that like that anyway half the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but – I will say that in this NFL and just kind of how things are now, you see so many teams attacking the edges, attacking, you know, getting guys in space. I mean, the Cowboys have a couple guys that can do that now. Hello, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, so you need corners to come up that, are, that aren't afraid to come up to tackle, to kind of set the tone and make teams be like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Maybe we can't swing outside. You need linebackers, corners, guys, safeties, whoever, to be able to come, run to the ball and make that difference in taking that part of the game out because that's something that Philly does very mm -hmm. heavily. Yeah. You can tell in this draft also, too, like, they're preparing for what this division is becoming. Because yeah, I know yeah. we're going to get into that, but this division seems like they're catching up to the competition, you know, as far as the Giants, the the, the Commanders, mm -hmm. and obviously the Eagles as well. Yeah. What what were some of the other surprises that, that kind of caught you guys off guard? Because you mentioned Eric Scott. Don't be surprised by this guy. Mm -hmm. Who were some of the other draftable names that the Cowboys ended up with? And you could even throw undrafted free agents in there as well. But did anybody kind of stand out to you and, and jump off the page after that selection was made? I think well, after the Scott selection was made or the— Just in general? Just in general. Yeah. I think the Awesome Richards pick is, is an interesting one because I feel like to me that was one of those that when the Cowboys have this weird history of doing this and they, they look for the fourth and fifth round guy— but it's usually from a Toledo or a Marshall yeah. or a, it's it's usually from a school that you're kind of thinking. And nothing against those schools. I, I'm not saying. But to go out and get Awesome Richards from North Carolina who's played, you could watch him play against Clemson and those, you know, uh, you know the 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 edge rushers that they have and, and, that, and that conference and stuff. Florida State's got a couple of guys that can really, really rush. He he holds his own and and even more yeah. when and you know I we had Will McClay on our show yesterday mm -hmm. as you know Zach and and Will was I was I I really like the pick I think this kid is like a legitimate right tackle mm -hmm. but there's people you know Aisha I think you were talking about the heavy hands and you know you know you know strong hands and things like that with this guy but that's that he was a pick to me that because. It, it they usually pick the guy from that school that you feel like there needs to be a lot of development there. You know, this kid's got a lot of traits, a lot of the tools, and he's and he's got the and he's played in some big games. And I, I I'm totally on board with for him to be picked at you know in the fifth round there at 169. I kind of feel like they stole yeah. a legitimate tackle uh, in this draft. You know, we were excited about well, let's go last year. 
I kind of think Richards is is a better product. I think even right better. Now. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I think better. Athletic. I and, and I know they talk about that tackle guard flexibility. I'm kind of with you, Brian. I like him as a tackle. He's just such a Feel good free athlete. to come with me fold. You don't yeah. have to kind of come but with I'm me. Not, <laughs> well, so the, 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 I do the lower body. Like the top half, I'm like, this is a tackle all the yeah, way. Yeah. The lower half, you can kind of see, all right, he's got the power bottom to maybe kick inside. Yeah. But I do think the athleticism, you're absolutely right in terms of I would would kind of like to see him maybe end up being your backup swing tackle. I think he's got that ability to win that job. How would you describe what you see from him? Because I, I don't feel like he plays. I mean, Will McClay mentioned like putting, yeah, playing with a little bit more power. Mm-hmm. He doesn't beat you with the like the initial punch. He yeah. just knows how to get in front of you and you can't get past him. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, is that how you envision him? I don't even know if I think that his anchor is super duper strong no. sure. or or he knows because I feel like Tyler... Maybe out, why they won't put him inside. Tracking. Mm. Yeah. Tracking. Because yeah. that's my thing about him yeah. playing guard is... I worry about the anchor. Just yeah. I just want him to. He does. He does use his anchor, but it's not like a Tyler where it was like once he dropped, <laughs> dropped that. Yeah. Once he dropped, <laughs> once he dropped that ass, <laughs> it was no moving most of the time. Yeah. With people with him with awesome, he just gets in front of people, and there's it's difficult for guys to get past them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, is it the feet? It's it no it it clearly is the feet. Is it and, the yeah. feet? Okay. Yeah, it's the feet because you know the, to me, I mean, he is not the heaviest guy at three oh nine, but he's so. I mean, it, it's almost like that. It, it's when he gets in trouble, he's got the footwork to to, to rally back. Yes, his adjustment, his is, adju- is exactly fantastic. the the adjustment in space, and you know, I mean, I. When they made that pick, I, and I just I started reading the notes and stuff, I'm like, damn, they they figured this yeah. one out. And I, like I said, how many times have we seen them take a shot on a fourth or fifth round tackle, and it it seems like such a project, mm-hmm. you know? Well, let's go and guys like that. I mean, it's he came along well. Ball was you know ball. I think ball is ball. I'm not. I mean, I, I think he never could get really strong enough. See, there there were things about Ball's game. That I was like, mm, this guy, when you're talking about Awesome Richards, I didn't feel like there was that, mm, you know, I, I felt like there was more, mm, you know, more <laughs> upside. Yeah, the more upside to, yeah. to how he is as a player. Well, he, he has a basketball background. So you talk about footwork, the agility, the, the athleticism, and being able to move. He can certainly move. Yeah. I think the upside comes from where you can add on to that frame. Yeah. Because he has the long arms. He's got 82-inch arms, almost 83-inch arms. Yeah. And he's got he's got everything from a frame standpoint that you would want in a tackle and that athleticism. Put on a little bit more than 310. Let's, let's get yeah, him up there yeah, a little bit. If he can get – but see, that's the hard thing about it, though, uh, you know, when you deal with that, Kyle, is, the, is those guys that are long-limbed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The weight room strength struggles because hard. it's hard to drive a bar. You know, you don't get the bulk because your muscles are so long that all of a sudden you're driving the bar and you don't, you look, you could be strong, but you don't look strong mm. because of, of the, of how long your limbs are. So Interesting. guys, guys that are a little bit like, like we'll watch Deuce Vaughn, shorter guy. Deuce Vaughn will look rocked up. Yep. You yep. know, he's out there. I'm sure he'll be running around at camp and we'll look like, oh, man, 5'5", he, five, five, he looks great. You can That's strike matches man. on him. Yeah, you can strike matches on him, that kind of thing, because he's a more of a compact type of a guy. Yeah, with uh, awesome, like his core. The core exactly. Strength, the core strength yes. is what – that's yeah. how he's winning yeah. when yeah. you watch him. So, I I mean, 
I don't know. I, with with the pick, I, one thing I also noticed too with this draft class is it feels like a lot of the guys have played a considerable, a good amount of football. Yeah. And maybe it's like two guys that haven't played as many, but you're looking at most of this draft class is like three, four year starters, and that yeah. it yeah. seems like that matters to them. You said upside. Yeah. Is that is that is that a theme here? Is Has that, to be one hundred percent a theme. Yeah. Like. I was thinking of I was kind of trying to digest the, this you know this drafting class right trying to understand it, and I said to myself I was like man like some of these players just like last year are raw, very coachable, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of upside. Yep. And so I think not all coaching staffs are made the same, and I feel like this coaching staff feels like they can they can get guys that maybe other teams. Other teams might want the finished product of a player right now, mm-hmm. and this coaching staff's like, no, let me get him in here with well, Linda real quick and see and see how he does. Let's see how he can develop upside-wise. Is that a thing? But I feel like it's more on the defensive side of the ball. I know that on the yeah. defensive okay, side of the ball. Okay, tracking that. I, I'm, There's yeah, a trust I, there. I, well, okay, we had the, the, the pleasure of talking to Mike Solari and getting to know him a little bit. You know, they've switched. I mean, there are a lot of moving parts on the offensive staff. Mm-hmm. And if you if you tell me if you tell me that Junior Fajoko is going to go from defensive end to play three technique, count me in. Yeah, they 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 see something over Shum. Hey, we're going to play him kind of as that. We're going to play him as that linebacker safety guy. Yep. You know, and let him run to the football. Play him as a will linebacker. Let him chase the ball. Let him do those. Maybe put him down in pass rush. Okay, you know. I can see that. AD, Dan Quinn, count, yep. sign Let's me up. It. Sign me up. See, I think that's where we have to figure out about the offensive side of the ball. I think that's where the questions are. You know, we saw, and, and, and say what you want, I was very critical of Joe Philbin, very critical mm-hmm. of Joe Philbin. He did get Tyler Smith to play well, and he surely got Terrence Steele to play well. And yeah. Biotish, true. And Biotish, too. Yeah, yeah no so, doubt. And Bobby Belt isn't here today, but I, I just keep hearing his voice in my head when you're talking about that. And he said, that's how teams can get in trouble, though, is by having their coaches say, we can fix a guy. Yeah, right. We can fix a guy. He said that many, many times well, on this show. And it's true, but with the defensive side of the ball, there's a trust there. Yeah. They've built up enough trust exactly. to say, Dan Quinn, uh, we believe you yeah. whenever Overshone can fit there and Fajoko can fit there. I'll never forget sitting in a draft room and a coach told me that Kerry Collins, who used to play, was a you know, quarterback, longtime quarterback in the NFL, Giants for a number of years, Carolina and all that, Carolina drafted him, had a coach say, yeah, I could fix his hitch and the hitch in his throwing motion. I'm like, huh, okay. Kerry Collins played like 18 years and nobody ever fixed his hitch. <laughs> You know, sometimes you say that like, yeah, we can we can we can do that. And in actuality, that's how these players function. That's how they that's why they're in the league, because they work around maybe being five, five. Sure. You know, and they they, their their deficiencies, they do something else to mask or overcome any other deficiencies they might have. Yeah, I think overall, there's a couple guys like that, that that aren't perfect, and it goes back to the warts that Jerry Jones was talking about. They aren't perfect, but they can fit in a certain realm. And when we come back on the draft show, I want to put the the, the puzzle pieces together. Where do these guys fit? Fajoko, Overshone, Mozzie Smith, can he even move out and play a little three technique and have some pass rush ability? What could these guys potentially see in these specific players in the draft class to move them up and push them to the next level when we come back here on The Draft Show. Miller Lite is the light beer brewed for people who love the taste of beer. 
for those who are always the first to volunteer for beer runs, who hit up tailgates for sports that they don't even like, and believe having a beer fridge in the garage is non-negotiable. It's a 96-calorie, 3.2-carb love letter to beer lovers who know that the best part of beer is the beer part. <sighs> Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin Beer. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're looking for a full-time or part-time job, check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at libertytax.com hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Blockchain.com. This is, is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the Draft Show as we wrap up the 2023 Draft Class with Brian Broaddus, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back. And we will have uh, an opportunity to do Twitter on the 20. I forgot to send out the tweet. Uh, because I forgot that, uh, to do that this morning. So <laughs> I'm going to send that out right now. So we're going to get the Twitter questions on the back half. But right now I've got some superlatives. Okay. I have. I want you to give me one answer. Some are, are about the Dallas draft class. Some are about the NFC East draft class. But I'll yeah. start with the Dallas draft class. Brian, best value for Dallas over the weekend. Best value pick between the, the eight different players that they added. Yeah, I think to me it was Deuce Vaughn is where it was because of where he was selected. I, I felt like, though, that Dallas got him at 212. I felt like he was a much better player than that. You know, to me, he was kind of in that that group of running backs that 
you know, I, I was I was just grading the player for who he was. I didn't look at the five five part of it. I said, give me the guy that's the most explosive. Give me the guy that that doesn't fumble the ball. Give me the guy that catches the ball well. Give me the guy that makes other people miss. Give me the guy that defensive coordinators are like sleep, not sleeping at night. I think Deuce Vaughn was an excellent pick uh, for the Cowboys in that regard. When you talk about the value of where he was taken to where I'm sure a lot of people had on on their boards. Where'd you have him? I had him at. 146. He went at 212. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So, I mean, that that to me, I think they went a little early. I know you just said one guy. I, I think they went a little they went a little early on Schoonmaker, but we've talked about this. You had to go a little early on some of these guys. It wasn't coming back around to you. You know, if you think that Schoonmaker was going to be there in the third round, I don't think that was going to happen at all. Yeah, I'm with you because I had Schoonmaker and Overshone both probably around later than when the Cowboys got them. But to your point, when you're picking at the back half of the round, you, you've got to go ahead and just pull the trigger on yep. that one. But to, to me, Deuce Fawn was a guy that I had going in the fifth. You end up getting him in the sixth, pick 35 in the sixth round. To me, it, w- it was exceptional value, and we were talking about it during the draft. We're going through all the running backs that are still available. This guy's red flagged for character issues. This guy's red flagged for medicals. It was clear that Deuce Vaughn was the best available back there. And when you talk about what he's able to provide, not only just as a weapon, uh, as a running back out of the backfield, but as a receiver, special teams in the return game, this is a guy that can come in and help you immediately. Yeah, I had a fourth-round grade on Deuce Vaughn because mm-hmm. I just I feel like what he can do, especially as a receiver, like I was watching him just run jerk routes yesterday, and I was like, this man is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Like the route running is there. The vision is so clean. So I, I agree with you on um, that being the the best value. of. I will say that uh, Villami, is it Villami? Villiami. Villiami. You can Fajoko. call him just Junior, though. Junior Fajoko. Junior Fajoko. I had a third-round grade on him. Wow. Um. Just because I felt like the motor, like the motor, is so nasty and insane. The yeah. effort from the player is something that you don't see. I, I don't think you see normally, especially from a DT, especially from a DT, just to have that constant motor to go. But what the things that he did at end also too. I know we're cool with him being a three tech, but. Bebe, it's not too bad. Some of the stuff he was doing at end, he no, caused yeah. a lot of problems. He was probably side. my favorite pick. Yeah. See, there was people really? that— Yeah, outside of Deuce, yeah. Wow, that's cool to hear. There was people that kind of were trying to get me to to jump on the, is this Tyron Crawford? Mm. Is this Tyron Crawford the guy that could play edge and the yeah. guy that could play three? I think Fajoko is a—I think he has better movement. I think he's not as stiff. I can see that. He's I think more the twitchy. yeah, the flexibility. Crawford is. I think Crawford, man, he's super, super tough. There's no question. Probably that, stronger. Much stronger. But the thing with Fajoko to me is the bend and the flexibility and the ability to attack the gap and go. Yes. And kind of chase the play down. I think that's where. I think that's where he's completely different than what you get from a. From what you got from Tyron Crawford, what did you think when you went and looked at him? Because I mean, we were excited. About Aisha's the right. He, Aisha yeah, loves yeah. him. No, no, she was right about yeah. him. And and I know, I know, Zach had. You know, you guys picked me up on that, and I appreciate you doing that. When you know, she's right about the fact that you know, with the the motor, the effort, the the strength that he plays, he's not a throwaway end. No. He's not a throwaway. And I know they're talking about, you know, Sharif Floyd was talking about, nice for him to come in and kind of open some things up, open our eyes to some things. But the fact that this kid could play some three, I totally understand what they're doing there. He, he's he got that kind of ability. And it's the hands. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things about uh, Q 
Keanu Bitten was mm-hmm. how violent his hands were coming off the ball. And uh, Junior be like, in my mind, I'd be like, get off me. Get off me in my mind when I see his hands because mm-hmm. it looks like he's got he's, that chop working. Yes, because it. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot to work with with how he counters and stuff. I'm. I think the player has so much upside, and Cowboys clearly are like we're tired of getting ran on. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they are tired. <laughs> well, of and, it. and yeah. he can help with that, but it's the motor, the relentless pursuit. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's what makes him stand out. There's certain things you can't really teach, and the want to with Junior Fajoko is second. I mean, it, it, it might be he might have had one of the highest motors of any end period in the entire draft. Right. I mean, he is just he's getting knocked around, and the next thing you know, he's trailing the play backside. He's chasing it down. He's just a fun study to watch him play. Yeah, he's relentless. Yes. that's the what the one word I had on here was relentless. Now, my favorite value pick was was Awesome Richards. Okay. Oh, I, I had him. I had him at 106 yeah. on my board going into the draft. He was my first fourth round grade. So the fact yeah. that you got him at 169 in the fifth round, I love it. And the upside's there, like we talked about in the last segment. All right, most likely to switch positions, Zach Wolchuk, out of this draft class because Ooh. I mean we just talked about Fajoko. He could flip, but there's a number of guys in this class that could flip positions. Yeah, I don't. I think Overshone is not going to play linebacker, but he's the one that stands out to me as a guy that's just got the most position flex of the entire draft. He's played safety, uh, linebacker, Will Linebacker, as Will McClay told us yesterday. I asked him the vision for for uh, Overshone, and he said Will Linebacker run and chase. But, you know, the fact that we had heard some whispers about him on the edge, which you can see. I mean, he has a knack for timing blitzes and going and get the quarterback when you watch him at Texas. And then he told us that in our call with him. Yep. Yes. And he said that's something he talked to Dan Quinn about. That's something they're excited about. I think Overshone's a guy that they can move around a lot as a chess piece for Dan Quinn. He's, to me, kind of the leader when it comes to maybe position flex and moving him around until they find a spot that he really excels at. Well, you took my guy. He took my guy. He's the he's the only gentleman that I think is someone that they feel like they maybe can move around Mm -hmm. out of the class. Everyone else seems like where they are is where they're going to be. Now we talked about awesome. Who do y'all think that he could be a card? I'd keep him at tackle. I I think first I would try and get him comfortable playing tackle. Mm -hmm. But we saw last year though the Cowboys' ability to take Tyler Smith and put in Tyler Smith's background. You know, the game's nothing against Tulsa, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I mean, he, you know, limited some of the limit competition there. But to me, when you when you start talking about Richards, I would let him play tackle first, get him comfortable and then feed him a little bit of it during practice. Well, it sounded like that's what they were. I think that I think that I think think. that's the plan. Yeah. But Tyler did a great job of playing both. I mean, they, they were like in the you know, he was playing tackle. He was playing. But the majority of the – I'm going to take that back. The majority of his snaps in, in Oxnard were at guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yes. So, and then all of a sudden they plug they play him out at left tackle. And, man, I think that's his spot, me personally. Me too. I think I, they I think need to that's leave him at spot, left tackle but, for me. But they, they obviously feel good about the situation at guard better than I think a lot of us in the media do. Agreed. Right. Well, now. Well, now then, like, that I guess he's Do you think he can move inside? I – I agree that I feel like, especially when you talk about the the length and and just kind of how he plays, I feel like he has he understands how to play tackle. Yeah, yeah. he understands how to play tackle. He understands it from what I saw on film. So I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to guard right away, even though I feel like am I tripping? 
what we feel like about guard is not what they feel like about guard. I think Am I you're, tripping? You're spot on. Well, the thing that they the thing that they think about guard and and I forget which one of the scouts was talking about it. It might have been Mitch LaPointe was talking about the front of the pocket. Mm-hmm. And this is something that goes back to when Jerry Jones, when I used to work in the scouting department, Jerry Jones, I don't know if he got this from Parcells or Al Davis or somebody, maybe Bill Belichick, but about the front of the pocket and how, and it, and it goes back to even Tony Romo. You have to have the ability as a quarterback to step up. Quarterbacks, if they could step up, they make the majority of the throws. They could handle stuff off the edge. It's the stuff in their face. The great Tom Brady, get his eye level down. Now you get his eye level down. He's not looking downfield. You could sack him. You could throw him off his game. Most quarterbacks can't handle inside pressure. So to combat that, you start to talk about, and the Cowboys did this forever. Ron Leary, you know, big, powerful guy. Travis Frederick, you know, look at look at him. You know, Zach Martin. They they they've committed to trying, and, and you know, they drafted Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins started off as, you know, as a as a guard, and then moved to tackle. Larry Allen played tackle to guard. Hey, I mean, go they, back to Leonard Davis, Leonard, right? Yeah, yeah, they've always thought about keeping the front of that pocket firm, and that that goes back to with something that Jerry Jones believes. So, I don't know if it's different. If there's any changes, I heard a scout mention that the other day. So I think somebody in the organization, it might be the general manager, is like, listen, we need guards and centers that aren't going to get driven back. That's mm. the problem that they had with – that's the problem they had with Connor Williams. Yes. Right. You know, Connor Williams, we're watching Connor – and that's the problem I would have if you said, oh, Terrence Steele is going to play left guard now. Terrence Steele is a r- excellent run blocker. He's a he's – a, He's an exceptional run blocker. As a pass blocker, he's a little light. He's a little light. And so I don't know if I'd want to plug him in, a guy that was a little light into that spot. We saw what Connor Williams, what had happened with Connor Williams. Yeah. So with pass pro, I'm out of curiosity, guys, like listening to some of the scouts and even listening to Will McClay and just what he said about awesome is are they trying to emphasize pass blocking? Well, you go back to, yeah, it seems that way because even going into the Tampa Bay game in the playoffs, right, they rearranged the offensive line, and it's what they, we heard, what they felt was their best pass blocking five. And I will say with Awesome, I think his strength is pass protection compared to run blocking. Correct. Exactly. That's that's why I was asking. He stays on his feet as a run blocker. You don't see him like Aisha talks about. He's not on the ground. No. But but it's yeah it's his so North Carolina just threw the ball a lot. Yeah. yeah they did exactly with and with with Schoon, just I think Schoonmaker fits what Mike McCarthy and those guys want to yeah. do yeah. as a running offense and then also we we have even got to Lipke and them adding him um, I wanted to ask like do they maybe look at Schoonmaker as with his blocking ability, is he going to be an extra lineman sometimes? Yeah, when they go with the heavy personnel, I certainly. He I mean, yeah. he's going to be the inline guy. Brian, we were talking about yeah. this yesterday. If you go 12 personnel, you got two tight ends on the field. Mm-hmm. He's the guy you're going to want to keep in line and block. Not yes. no question, no right. question. And I think that I think that's important too. When I was trying to digest the the draft and understand it. Looking at Schoonmaker as an individual isn't fair to him. I think you have to look at the whole tight end room yeah. and what it is. He even mentioned uh, Patrick Patrick Nosey Walker. He posted his little interview that he saw he did with him at the combine, and he talked about Sean McCune being one of his best friends mm-hmm. and, yep. and being the guy who really showed him what he knew. When Sean McCune came in, 
he was known. I knew Sean McEwen because he put Chase Chase is it, is it Chase? Chase Young Chase Young in a, in a seatbelt. Yep. And so the blocking ability for Michigan, as you mentioned, yep. is something that's important. Listen to Mike McCarthy and those guys. Like Schoolmaker can block all over the line. He can play. It sounds like he was taken also because they. He played in a system where he was used. They did a pro level. They did pro they level did. stuff. They ran pro level uh, blocking concepts, that type of stuff. So he's more of a plug and play player. But I just, I, I really was looking at Schoolmaker like, okay, so what is Mike McCarthy? What's Mike McCarthy trying to do with this offense? Because he feels like an important piece to kind of balance out the you know, tight end room. It's funny you say that because uh, talking about Schoonmaker, and some scouts will say Schoonmaker might be overrated as a blocker and underrated as a as receiver. receiver. Yeah, Tracking. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That, that you know, but you you do watch Blake Corm and others run the ball on you know Big Noon, you know football yeah. on Fox, you know whatever that Iowa and it, Michigan. Yeah, it, it's usually the snow's flying and he's at the point of attack. <laughs> he's leading the way off the edge. Well, that's what I'm saying. He is he's leading the edge. They move him they always put him at the point of attack they don't hide him on the backside they don't say hey listen you're a backside guy it's like Michigan's kind of telling you you follow 86 you're going to the ball yep number two is going to run that ball behind 86 mm-hmm. you know that's kind of how Michigan works and they're they're not bashful about it they're not trying to hide it's like we have a tight end that can block at the point of attack and I think that's what the Cowboys that's what the Cowboys got. Who, who is who is your preseason rookie of the year out of this draft class? Who do you feel like makes the biggest impact in year one specifically? Oh man, that's tough. I, I'd still go. I think you got to go with Mozzie yeah. for me. You know, I I do think I think Schoonmaker's in the conversation. Yeah, he's in the conversation for sure. But I, I do think Mozzie's a guy that they just. He, he's got a unique skill set that they haven't had here. I mean, I know you got Jonathan Hankins, but Mozzie's a better athlete. Mm. And I, I think early on, I mean, they, they've shown that they can kind of ease in some of these rookies at times. Like Deron Bland played at the back half of last year. Yeah. Dude, injury really stepped up, was was fantastic. I, I think you'll see that with guys like Overshown. I don't know how much run they're going to get immediately, and maybe they see more reps later. But Mozzie's a guy, I know it's low-hanging fruit, right? He's their first-round pick. The expectations are high. But I just think the impact he's going to have, and some of it's not. Hey, don't look at the box score when it comes to Mozzie and yes. the impact I, he's having on the game. That's that's where I, th- this is not a stats draft. No, in, in my opinion, no. It's not a sexy pick. This it's is not, not the stats draft. No. And I know people out there are freaking out for they me saying that. Hate it. But that. But you know what, though, for what they're doing, I, I think Deuce Vaughn's going to be the one. Look at you, took Ooh. my gun. Well, I'm just. You, you need to jump in there. You know, what I mean, don't, 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 you're wearing the purple. Yeah, I mean, don't let me. Don't let go me go Wildcats. Don't right? let me do that to you. But you know, see, that's the thing with Deuce. I, you know what, if this was the old Kellen Moore regime. I probably wouldn't say Deuce Vaughn. I probably wouldn't say, and I don't know if they would take Deuce Vaughn if if Kellen Moore was still here. But I do know this though. I think Brian Schottenheimer has watched, and, and this is the thing that you have to hope if you're a Cowboy fan, that the year that Brian Schottenheimer worked on the defensive side of the ball with Dan Quinn and all these guys, that watching opponents tape, always breaking down the opponents, watching the Philadelphia Eagles watching the rant, watching these opponents that the Cowboys had last year, you would hope that maybe that Schottenheimer stole some ideas along the way. The good ones have. The good ones I've been around, Andy Reid, John Gruden, 
the really good Sean Payton, the really good play callers, they steal. Hey, Andy did in the Super Bowl. You yep. steal those two touchdowns. You steal. You steal from other coordinators. You know, and like we were talking about, we were laughing about, you know, if we could get the screen game going. Steal a screen package from somebody. Yep. Whoever it is. And that's how you get Deuce Vaughn involved. You know, that's how you get him involved on the outside with the screens or routes up the field or wheel him or put him on a linebacker and let him run those smash routes mm-hmm, where he's flying it. inside. All of a sudden he plants, boom, he's back to the outside. If I'm Brian Schottenheimer and we go through this whole season and guys like Deuce Vaughn and and Gallup and Lamb and, and Ferguson and all those guys don't get used Pollard, then – they need to look at something else here. Well, wasn't I, mean, I, I think Schottenheimer also, you know, with his dad having Darren Sproles, and he was with him there in San Diego. So yep. they've got a little bit of an idea of how to use a smaller back. And again, we might need to rethink the smaller back thing. You know, I talked about it on the draft day, but when they show the graphic of the small running backs, every single one of those guys have come into the NFL and been done productive. Something. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you mentioned I think that Deuce Vaughn could change. He's such a change of pace for the offense that if you need a big play, yeah, he, yeah. he might be the guy. He yeah. might be the guy. And also, too, it's just the backfield. The, the Cowboys' backfield is interesting right now. When you start looking at the running back position, even like I mentioned, we have Hunter Lipke. If you're going to add him to that, you start – to me, I'm starting to get a vision of they want a power run sometimes, mm-hmm. but they want to make you pay in the open field. Well, we'll see what Jones does too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. We'll see what he gets to do as well. But with Deuce Vaughn, I was watching him last night, and I was trying to figure out, like, why so many people miss tackles on him. And it's it came to me that it's similar to how we talked about the two-back system, right? right. When Z goes in then and then Tony goes in the next play – the linebackers are used to certain angles. They're used to tackling guys at a certain height. Mm-hmm. You know, the center. Well, like, imagine being a guy that's trying to form tackle, and this guy's like five inches shorter than mm-hmm. what you are even accustomed to to doing. Your body. What is it? The you muscle so memory. Yeah. The muscle memory. Bend your knees to Absolutely. go get him. Right? Yeah, the muscle memory. And I really think that his his center of gravity, and he's so low to the ground. I think it's difficult for people to get their hands on him and yeah. tackle him. Yeah as they would tackle any other player. The problem is defenders play with their eyes. Mm. You can't see him. You know, yeah, all of a sudden, you're fighting blocks, fighting blocks, and you there he is. And now you Boom, have he's to. by you. Well, he's there. Maybe he's at you where you can try and reach, but you, you're not in position to bring him down because you can't find him. It's like Turpin as a returner. Yeah. Same sort of deal where yeah. he's kind of behind all of the big six foot three, six foot four guys that yeah. are blocking in front. It's pretty clear who the fan favorite's going to be. Speaking and that's of, Deuce. That's not even a close. Speaking of, is there some competition there? I yes. think so. Absolutely. As a, as a returner, there's some competition. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing about it is, I'm now, once again, I'm interested to see because I'm the guy that went on uh, all these platforms and said, after the Green Bay game, after they go to the bye, they're going to figure out some packages. You know, <laughs> that we're going to figure out some packages, you know, for Turpin. And they didn't. Never. No, nope. they got to get Never than... figured out one single package right. for him. Yeah. Who's going to bring the value to the offensive side? That's going to who's that's who your returner is going to be. Shame on these coaches if they don't use these players like they Agreed. do on defense. Completely. Shame on them. Yeah, that's going to be. That's the deuce bond part of things is important. To this me. gets me excited for training camp. Right. Oh, dude, these I'm, battles oh, between the all these people. Well, the, tight end, the tight end battle is going to be fun. That will be fun. Yes. You guys right. don't need a break?
Nah. Let's go. No breaks. Let's get to Oxnard. Let's make it happen. All right. When we come back, (laughs) we'll do some Twitter on the 20. We'll answer some questions, and we'll wrap things up on the draft show for 2023 right after this. Miller Lite is the light beer brewed for people who love the taste of beer. For those who are always the first to volunteer for beer runs, who hit up tailgates for sports that they don't even like, and believe having a beer fridge in the garage is non-negotiable. It's a 96-calorie, 3.2-carb love letter to beer lovers who know that the best part of beer is the beer part. <sighs> Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin Beer. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pataya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, Cowboys fans. If you're looking for a full-time or part-time job, check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at Liberty libertytax.com slash hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfwis.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, it's our final segment of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's Hmm. bittersweet. Or just bitter. We could say it's just bitter. But it is our final chance to answer some questions for... Twitter, Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20 at the 45 because I accidentally Boy, thanks flipped. thanks for the heads up on that one, my brother. I, I mean, I teased to go in the break. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was talking so. to you in the break. I don't, yeah. blame, I don't blame you, man. I don't, I don't listen to the show either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Steven asks, could you guys give your early May projected starting offensive line? <laughs> Who's your five on the offensive line? Oh, my gatos. Good luck. I think, I think uh, the law geez. firm of Smith and Smith on the left side. Ooh, okay. Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Biotish, Martin, Steele. That would be mine. I would agree with that completely. I'm going to go Tyler, Edoga, Ooh. Biotish, Martin, Steele. And t- Tyron Smith is your swing tackle? Tyron is your swing tackle. Ooh. If healthy, maybe they try and plug him in there somewhere. But I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. 
Okay. I think that's how it starts, and that's how it finishes. Oh, <laughs> that's good. I think that's how it starts. That's <laughs> is, it the, is that that on on uh, social media? How it starts? How it finishes? Yeah. Kind of a thing. No, I agree. Brian's Brian's getting the social media. Right. This is how it started. This is how it finished. Before and after. I do think that's the best. That's the best unit you have. But yeah. depending on. Depending on your left tackle, it might end up. Being I'd love Tyron. I mean, sound, if he can stay healthy. They, they sound so high on the, Edoga. They, they, they do. They, they, and they don't do. get it twisted. Yeah. I watched some of some of what Edoga can do in the run game. He's a far better run blocker than he is pass blocker. So it's contradictory. It's like what? Which one do you want? Yeah. And, and McCarthy's been Maybe preaching. You want both? Run the Maybe ball. You want both. Run the ball. Run the ball. And well, I mean, look, his his mantra as a play caller has been pass heavy. So it's kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it if he's going to dial up all these runs. But that's what they're trying to focus on here, it seems. See, well, maybe running the ball ain't just running the ball out of four eye. Maybe yeah. running the ball is, like we talked about, getting guys in space. Yeah. There's different types of runs. There is. People are asking me about Dalton Reisner. I, I was yeah. always coming out of K-State. He's been a Denver Bronco. We've gotten to have him on the show once. I like him. He's a good player. Yeah, my gang of seven was saying descending player, a grinded out, short-range player, slow feet, slow on the move, struggles to bend, Oof. has to win with hand use, short area, and uh, with his toughness. Yeah. That's kind of and – then, and then another guy did say that he was surprised – Still available, not sure why. Didn't have a great year last year. Still young. Low-end starter to strong backup. Dalton Reisner. He's a guy that's on the street right now. That would guard. be People are asking about him. Big so, depth piece. So, yeah. so you guys, when, when people ask about it, know that's what I did. Okay. So just tell people to I got you. go watch the draft I'll show. I'll review the draft Go watch the draft show. A lot of questions about undra- always help. undrafted free agents. This one's going to be up for a year. So yeah. uh, undrafted free agents – that were brought in, who was the highest grade on your draft board? And how do you feel like they fit in with the team? Oh, Darrell Johnson for sure was the Liberty. highest, the high yeah, out of Liberty. And I mean, we, we did talk about him during the draft. So we were wondering like, Hey, could he be the guy with that seventh round pick? Yeah. But he, he's really good. I mean, he can chase down plays from the backside, big guy, big frame. You know, I like, I like his makeup. I think he can probably put up, put on some muscle because he's got that lanky build, but he's just got really good play strength. He's got a feel for the game. You know, you don't see him make as many plays for me in the run game, but as a pass rusher, I thought there was a lot to like. He times the snap well. He's a good athlete. He'll fight through blocks, can chase down plays on the backside, splits through the the garden center well, uh, the garden and tackle well. You know, and he's very alert. You know, I, I think that his football IQ seemed really high. And if you watch him against the bigger competition, Liberty played some good football, but against yep. Arkansas, yep. he freaking dominated that game. Yep, yeah, he did. My guy is uh, Tyrus Wheat from Mississippi State, 6'2", 263. He was player 132 on my board. Wow. And Ooh, so that's real high. That was really high. And so he was the one that when, you know, when you watched him play at state and they list him as a linebacker. And I wonder if they're going to try and like uh, uh, they're going to try and, and take some weight off him and make him a linebacker. But he's an edge rusher from Mississippi State. He's a guy that does a really good job of like he can get up the field. The, the, like the change of direction probably isn't, uh, you know, isn't like elite by any means. But when you when he gets to the corner and gets to the shoulder, he's going to dip underneath the blocker and he's going to get on top of the quarterback. They try and run the ball at him. I think he does a great job of holding the point of attack. He's a little bit of an older guy. He's a fifth-year senior uh, from Mississippi State, and, he, and, and so and he's, he wears a single digit. So you kind of this big guy with a single digit <laughs> thing. It, it always looks kind of funny, but but Tyrus Weed is a guy that man.
man, and and I know for a fact these are one, these are guys the Tyrus Wheats and the Johnsons and guys. These are guys that had draftable grades. These are the first guys that the Cowboys always go after. They go after the guys that are still on their draft board, and then they work down from there. But I know for a fact that we, Johnson, those guys were sitting pretty nicely on their board. They just didn't get a chance to draft them. But uh, keep an eye on Tyrus Wheat from Mississippi State. He's got he's got something to his game. Barnacles. I can't find my notes on TJ Bass. Oh, that's my guy. Oh, the okay, Oregon guy. I got go. you. I'll go pick first. you up. Okay, so I had him as a Did top you do the Florida A&M player. Kid? Yes. Isaiah okay, Land. Could you could you do the Florida A&M kid no, when he's done? Go, go no, ahead. They, they yeah. like Land. They so, do like Isaiah Land. So TJ Bass, I had him as a as a fifth round grade. Okay. I liked him a lot. He was one seventy seven for me. I like the way that that he keeps his pad level low. He's very compact. That's kind of a knock against this game. He's got shorter arms, small torso, longer legs though. He's got some length to his sure. lower body. Uh, effort level is exceptionally high. I mean, he is a mauler. He's kind of like what we talked about with Fajoko. Mm-hmm. The motor is there. You can't teach that. He looks for work. His eyes are up. He's around looking for people that are unblocked on every single play. Uh, hard hitter when he squares up, too. He's got some pop and power in that compact upper body. Uh, there are some times when he wastes movement when he's trying to plant. And he doesn't have the, the right hand placement on a couple of occasions, but he had plenty of production. He was a transfer from Idaho before going to Oregon and starting at at guard, and then he switched out to left tackle. He was better at guard, but then he was a second-team All-American at left tackle, which is weird to say, but his film was much better at guard. I watched him against Washington, Stanford, and BYU initially, but then when Dane Brugler's beast came out, he said he struggled against Georgia, and he struggled yeah, A lot against, of people struggle against but Georgia. But, but that's except Georgia. Carter inside, except right? right from Tennessee. Yeah, he didn't struggle with yeah. Georgia. And, and he said that he struggled against Washington. I thought he was okay against Washington, held his own, but against those athletic, those aggressive edge rushers, he had some trouble, and I think the length was a big, big well, that's, part of it. It's that. a big name to, to know as well, though, because we were wondering what were they doing at guard. Yes. You know, and TJ Bass is a guy that, as an undrafted player, player he's got a chance to maybe make the team that's him against georgia see that's not too bad right he just no. flattened <laughs> no whoever he that had, was you know he did I, didn't rem- I didn't like him as much as a cody malk at a north dakota state no. but the play temperament was somewhat similar. similar yes yeah it's similar and he i think he has you i think did you mention the awareness from him uh, I, I did when it came to Darrell Johnson, but you're right. I mean, and Kyle was alluding to that, too. Yeah, he, he is he's very always aware. eyes up. He's looking. He's aware. He knows what's going on. I liked his tape a lot. And when they brought him in as an undrafted free agent, he was the top man on my board. Right. What did you think about Isaiah Land Yo, from so Florida I, A&M? Yeah. Uh, so this dude is just he looks he looks like a DN man like he's so bendy um just has instincts how to, to on how to get to the ball. I think the biggest thing for him is the run game. I think that's one of the biggest things is just him getting a I don't I think he has the size to play DN, but to stick his nose in the run game and get a little bit more active, but he's just such a freak off the line. He Dude just knows how to get to the quarterback. He naturally gets to the quarterback, but the bend and the athleticism is there 4640 and it, and the thing is is that he has bend and strength. 
And I think that that is what changes things a little bit, the conversation about what he could be. I, When they picked him up as an undrafted free agent, I was upstairs, and I saw it, and I was like, yes! Oh, I was there for that. You yeah. were there for yeah, that. You I was like, pumping. heck yes, because yeah. I think with the proper coaching, this guy could really become a guy. And don't get it twisted. When he entered the portal, Georgia wanted him. Yeah. Like, there's, there's some teams that were really interested in this player and his development. So I think you could be getting a legit pass rusher that can make a difference as he develops in this league so I, the, the bend for me and the way he can just bend the corner and really put somebody and get vertical he's got fluid hips yeah and he's got some violent intentions when he comes around that yeah, edge man. The, the attitude we talked about yeah. it man yeah. like there's an edginess to so many of these guys that they're bringing in here motor effort mm-hmm. and are they a little disrespectful when they're out there? Yeah, like they're, these are tone setters, a lot of these defensive players they're bringing in. But like I said, I mean, 375 bench, like the dude's not no weak dude, despite no. what people think about his frame. He's very lean, very, very, very lean. I think if you want him to be better in the run game, he could put on a little bit more size. Sure. But you don't want to ta- take away from the, just the, speed. the speed that exists there. And he just... He just gets there. Look, he just gets there. He he's a nuisance, I think, for a lot of tackles because he does not stop. I like, do want to give no no doubt. I do want to give some love to Hunter Lipke, though. I know Brian, you've talked about the shoulder. I worry about a little bit about that, and, and I get that 100. percent And the thing is, he he is a projection. He's got the body type of a fullback, but yeah. he played as the as the running back. There. Yeah, like a one back runner. Right. That's what I saw him at, at North yeah. Dakota State. He was named the most outstanding player in their 2022 NCAA championship game. But he's a no nonsense downhill runner that's lower in the shoulder, running through people. I thought he does a really nice job bouncing, rolling off tacklers. Difficult to bring down, can be used in the passing game, runs really good wheel routes, yeah. can be used in the flat, soft yeah. hand, shows off versatility. Uh, and he's sneaky quick, but he doesn't have a leap burst or speed by any means. He, he played some tight end some, even in the Wildcat formation, they'll throw him in there. Yep. But his legs are always moving, which allows him to gain extra yards. He's always falling forward. I think he's an immediately a special teams contributor. You know, his pad level gets a little high sometimes. But when he does lower them, he turned out some really, really productive runs. He's a Swiss Army knife type. I know everybody's trying to find the next Kyle Juszczyk. I don't think he's quite the athlete that Kyle Juszczyk is. Yeah. But he is a player that can be utilized in a lot of similar ways. Yeah. It, I talked to Linda Wells about him yesterday when we just kind of passed in the hallway. And he said, H-back. He said, expect him a little bit as that H-back, yeah. that up-back. It's somebody that they can run behind, too, because he's a good blocker, yeah. squares up well. But I agree with you in the receiving ability. I think that's the sneaky part about it. He may be in that tight end room more than he will be in the running back Interesting. Room. I think there's a chance that that possibly happens. Running behind, if you're running behind Lipke and Schoonmaker, hey. what your, if your guard is... You'll be all right. You'll make it happen. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be right. okay. You'll be all right. But I don't know. I just feel like that gives me so much, so much information. They talked about 12 personnel and some of the things they want to do, man. Like, I think they do want to run the ball. I think they want to run the ball and create passing situations off of it. The last name Schottenheimer will tell you they want to run the Shotty. football. Shotty. Yes, that's Shotty. Very true. Shotty. Shotty. When yeah. I hear his name, that's what I see in my head. I, now, Shotty. I'm glad this is the Shotty. last Shotty. thing we're going to talk Shotty. about on the draft show. Like, that's the lasting impact is Shotty, 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 Shotty. <laughs> so that way, whenever everybody goes back and listens to Shorty, it. Shorty, Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that does it for us on the draft show. Again, special thanks to everybody that had their hands on this throughout the entire draft process. 
success. It's been so much fun working with you guys again. Thank you. It felt like a war room all year long. We had fun. We had fun putting together. If two, and I want to say thanks to guys like the Ed Cahills and yes. people like that, the Dane Bruglers, the others who have been a part of this thing. Absolutely. I mean, it seems to get better every year. And uh, like I say, thank you for quarterbacking this of all course. year. Of course. Yeah. Great that, job. Nothing else I'd rather do. I love the draft. I love looking at these prospects and looking toward the future because next time we'll be on here, we'll know what happened with a lot of these guys. And that's going to be a ton of fun uh, looking back on, on what we said and what we anticipated. And then, of course, you got to go play the games. Got to go all out, out there and yeah, have That'd be a great gig if you didn't have to play the game. <laughs> that's true. We'd be right all the time. Right. Man. There you It'd go. Be great. Never wrong. Never else. Exactly. Well, special thanks to the fans out there, too, for sticking with us throughout the entire draft process. For Chris Bean, Brian Broaddus, Zach Wolchuk, Aisha Morrison, and Bobby Pelt, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next year on The Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!